In 2012, I was visiting my hometown of Ballarat and attended the Ballarat Lyric Theatre's company's production of Hairspray. Playing the part of Link Larkin was a dynamic young man who could sing, dance and act with equal aplomb and radiated a quality that allowed him to command the stage and the audience. He was concurrently completing his VCE and harbouring a desire to become a professional performer. Cut to 2018, and that young man, Todd Jacobson, has found himself cast in this year's production of West Side Story as Tony, singing some of the best-known songs in the musical theatre canon. Along the way, he has certainly served an apprenticeship, work with the production company in Melbourne, travelling the world whilst performing as a ship performer, and garnering a hugely sought role in the Australian production of The Book of Mormon. He was also a finalist in the Rob Guest Endowment. Hot after finishing the Book of Mormon, he is about to commence rehearsals, or maybe in rehearsals, for the West Side Story production, which takes to the stage in Melbourne very shortly. Stages sat down with a very enthusiastic, charming and humble Todd Jacobson. Now, dare I start this, this conversation with, hello. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> That's it, on pitch, in the nose, hello, that's right there. How many times would you have said hello in the last two years? Do you have, you done, have you done the statistics on oh that? Oh my God, no, I haven't too many times. We, I reckon we're, we're almost at show 800 now. Yeah, and I tell you what, we say, I get the big one in the middle of the, of the opening number, the big hello, and um, oh yeah, it's been a lot, it's been a lot of hellos. That big note at the end there is, obviously you're prepared for it, you're professional, you, you know how to support yourself and deliver that, of but are, are there times where you think, oh shit, is it going to happen tonight? <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny you say that. Not, I know it's going to be there, but every night we always go, you won't burn in. And then just before, and that's when I sing the big hello. And every time on those three or four words, I just think, I oh, just get ready, just ready, get ready. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. And then even if you think, it, even sometimes when I think it's not, if I've had a little bit of a cold, thankfully it's always there. Thankfully it's always there. Well, I don't think audiences really uh, understand or appreciate that what a performer goes through in delivering a performance in that, you know, obviously that's, that psychology is going through your head yeah. when you're approaching your moment. Um, I remember doing doing you know big speeches or whatever in a play, and you think, shit, it's coming up. Come up. I have no idea what the first word is, and then you arrive at it, you open your mouth, and it's there. It's there. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> Isn't that horrible? And I feel like, oh my god, so many boys at work have had this too. Like you have that moment where you've been doing it for almost two years, eight times a week, and it's you know it's there, and because it's muscle memory, sometimes you just have a blank. You were thinking about something else. You're thinking about a joke someone said off stage and you're like, oh, here comes that moment. What's this? And then all of a sudden it's gone and you're off stage and you're like, well, I did it. It must have come out and it did. Muscle memory. That's a crazy thing. Now, of course, I'm sure now anybody listening would have worked out what show we're talking about because we've <laughs> mentioned it, but the Book of Mormon, of yes. course, which you've been doing, what, two years now, 18 months? Uh, it will be, it's two, I actually saw on my Facebook, a memory came up. We had our first family and friends Two years ago, I think two or three days ago. So it will be just over two years when I finish. But yeah, two years, pretty much exactly. Great. How are you coping with the repetition then? You know, eight, eight shows a week over two years doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's a, does that do your head in? That's, that, I tell you or what. That, it's, it's a discipline, isn't it? It's a weird thing. It really is. not it's something that I feel like you can't, no matter, you can go to the best schools in the world, talk to the best people, you just can't learn it until you do it because it is such a taxing thing on your body your voice and your head like almost more so than anything you kind of 
a lot of people ask me that question. How do you do that every every night? And, and keep it fresh. Yeah. As if, you know, that audience is looking at it for the very first time. Totally. Yeah. But you kind of, you just do it. And you go out there knowing that the one thing that's different every time is that audience. And I mean, I just think back to when I saw The Book of Mormon for the first time in September of 2016 in New York, going, I know this is going to be my life for the next bit. And just, I just remember the excitement. I was almost peeing in my seat. Like when that, when the overture was started and they started seeing those R's, I got so damn excited. And anytime you think, oh, you know, I'm not feeling it today. I just think back to that moment and there's someone out there, at least one every performance, that is going to be as excited as you were. And I, I tell you what, that's, that is more than enough to make you go, make it special for that person. Well, great practice. Yeah, that's excellent. excellent. Yeah. So, what, so what about the company who are together for that long? Do, have you got a social club? Do you have a weekly raffle? Do you, <laughs> a do ladies' you, luncheon? Yeah. yeah. All that sort of thing. Um, I mean, it's they it they really become your family. They really do because you're with these people eight times a week for two years. I see them more than my family. And it's, see, it's more intense than any normal workplace, really. Oh also, my goodness! Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's the very much so. You're on stage, you're off stage, you're going to work with them, you're coming home with them. Like, it's it's crazy. Um, They become your family. And you have, of course, you have, like, your, like, friendships within the cast. And then over two years, people come in like family and then they leave. And then all of a sudden, someone that's been your best friend for, you know, a year and you've seen them every day and laughed with them every day and then they leave. It's then 2.0 version of them walks in. You're like, oh, you're the same as that guy, but you're just a little bit shorter or your voice is a little bit higher. And then they become your friend. Um, it's, it's one of the most, it's obviously the best, but one of the most bizarre workplaces you can imagine. So what cities have you played? You've played, done Melbourne, have you? Sydney? <laughs> in, these, in these two years, in these two just years. two. Just two? <laughs> just two. It's so, I, okay. Like I was saying before, like for a musical these days in Australia, especially in commercial musical theatre, for a show to run for over a year in one city is unheard of. Yeah, we haven't seen that for a long time, really, no. because a lot of commercial musicals seem to get a big theatre and do it for something like 10 weeks yeah. or something. So yeah. so you're really lucky to be in, in... And also in a great long run like that, to be able to refine your craft and, oh my and work on it daily is fantastic. Yeah, if it's yeah. a 10-week season, you kind of, you know, you get 10 weeks at it and that's it. Like this, you really get to... And we have, like, the best creative team on this show, our residents, um, some of whom are from the, uh, like, the tour or the New York production, who just keep it up to scratch. And I tell you what, they keep the cogs working on this machine because it is a tight-run ship, even after two years. And, like, you know, when you go to New York, sometimes you see a show that's been there for so long and you'll be like, oh, you know, it's not as fresh as it once was, but, like, they keep us in line at Mormon. And it shows, because I have friends who've never seen... Like, it's show number 700 and whatever for us, mm. and they come and see the show for the first time, and they think, wow, oh, my God, the energy was incredible. Um, and it's just because they, they keep it on fire. Have you missed yeah. any shows? I, You know what? I'm, I'm still... Touch wood, I'm the only person who hasn't called out sick in two years. Um, I've missed a couple... Just from, they're really nice at Mormon. They let us take some leave from time to time. So for like family events, um, after well, that, two... That's great. I think yeah. you need to do that for mental health. For and, mental and, morale, yeah. yeah. And you know what? It All it takes is sometimes, even when you don't think you need it, but like three or four days visiting friends or family or going on a little trip, 
you come back immediately refreshed and ready to go again and revitalized. It's the, they're so good. And a lot of shows don't do that because they run for six months in this country and they're, you know, they don't want you to leave. Missing a show is such a bad thing. Not that people leave all the time, but they're really, they look after us at the moment. Well, you strike me as very old school anyway, very passionate about performing and I'm sure it'd kill you if you ever had to miss ha! a show. Yeah. Uh, not kill me, but um, I t- when you do what you love, like, yeah. there's just, and like, and now I have an end date, it's just like, I want to be absorbing every second of that that I can. And like, I just remember what, you know, I found out that audition process for Mormon was so intense. And I just remember after we found out we had the gig, we had a whole year before we even started rehearsal. So wow. I had a year of excitement brewing. And that's still in my body, you know, yeah. three years later. As music theatre fans, we heard that the Book of Mormon was coming to Australia after its huge success on Broadway and, and I think the West End. Then. Yeah. So we're all very excited. But, but, you know, as a performer who obviously had the right attributes, vocally, <laughs> physically... <laughs> To potentially be cast, yeah. you must have got very excited about that. Tell us about the audition process that you went through. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I And, like, I know a lot of people say this, and it sounds cliche as hell, but, like, for me, Book of Mormon was a dream show. Like, ever since Andrew Reynolds sang, I believe, on the 2011 Tony Awards... It literally never left my head. I was like, what is this show? I had to research it. I got the cast recording and I became the number one fan of the show. If I wasn't in the show, I'd be in the front row every night, like even to this day. And it just became this absurd goal that I had. And I was just like, I hope I'm right for it. Don't make yourself right because you want to just be right. But like you said, all the kind of attributes that you had to have, I kind of just fit. And then I was on a cruise ship performing and the audition dates came up and I got an audition and I was like, great this is exactly what I need we went in round one and I think we just had to sing something and in Mormon they want these whether or not you know it just from listening to the cast recording or seeing the show these insanely high tenor boys all these about three out of those seven have are like screaming C's and B's the whole show and it's quite a it's quite a hard thing to find Anywhere, let alone this country. Um, and I kind of. And, and then those those singers who can also tap. Oh my goodness! Have those other you attributes. Have to, you have yeah. to sing, dance, tap, act, and there's a very certain look in Mormon. They want a real cheesy white boy that looks like he's 19. With so, teeth. Eggs with, and I tell you what, I got teeth to spare. I can tell you that. <laughs> I got my mother's mouth. I we did that, and I remember I was then on a cruise ship, so I was flying back from all these different places to come. I got a call back. I think I ended up having about six or seven auditions I did. And then the last few were uh, dance calls and then some understudy stuff. And then I remember the very last day, um, Casey Nicolor, the original Broadway director, came to Sydney for the auditions. And I, just, I was so, so nervous. I remember we went in to do a tap call to do Turn It Off. Because he comes with quite a pedigree too. Oh, the, the, my goodness. The, the drowsy chaperone. Yes. And oh, my God. All the, And, like, nowadays, it's all these crazy things he's got. He's got like, about four shows on Broadway. All at yeah. once. Yeah. 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 Uh, with Disney's Aladdin being, like, huge. Mormon was his sort of first major musical that, like, became commercially and worldwide, like, hit. But ka-ching, ka-ching. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I remember... They, and all the, like, even... This is not even with the job. This is in the audition room. All the creatives were like, now be prepared for when Casey arrives, you know, because, like, this guy 
knows what he wants. Knows exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I never forget we were there warming up and we he walked into the room and we had tap shoes on and I remember he took his shoes off and he sat on the floor and he watched our feet and he went, all right, let's do the tap pull. And I was like, he's sitting on the floor looking at my feet. I'm going, my feet are not the thing that's going to get me this job. Please look up, look up. And I somehow managed to get through it and then we went and sung and did it all. And I mean... Sometimes, you know, sometimes... I feel like you really never know, but I remember walking out of that audition being like, if I don't get this gig, like, I know I did my absolute best in that room. And that's all you sort of want. And then it was... I went back straight onto a cruise ship and about two or three days later, I found out I had it. And then my life changed. Yeah. It's it's been incredible ever since. And that's the attitude, I think. As long as you can know that you've gone in there and given it your best shot... You may not be right for the role for whatever reason. Yeah. But at least people have seen you and you've totally. registered with them so that something down the track. And, oh my goodness, yeah. And, like, you put the work in. Like, if something else goes wrong, if you're too tall, if you're too short, or if they want a tenor and you're a baritone or the opposite, like, that's their problem. You can't do anything about that. But, like, if you go in there underprepared or, like, not knowing your scenes or your song or, like, I mean, that's on you. This, like... 80% of it you can do yourself. And I feel like that's the part you have to put in. And the rest is just in someone else's hands, whether it goes your way or it's not. Like, it's, that's not up to you. Hmm. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about performing? Ah, uh, it's... <laughs> that's like an age-old que- age question. Well, it's it is that, an age-old question, so yeah. I want an age-old answer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it has literally been the one thing I've wanted to do since I can remember. And I have like specific memories as a kid of like when exactly I wanted to do it. The feeling that you get, it's just complete and utter elation. Getting to be a part of a group of people bringing nothing but joy to 1,200 people sitting in front of you. It's just the best. I get the same feeling on stage as I do when I'm sitting in the audience watching a show. Nothing makes me happier. And it's just riveting. And especially like musical theatre, I feel like it can take emotions to heights that other things can't. Do you remember your first exposure to music theatre, whether it was a, a cast recording or you went to see a live show? Yeah, I remember... I was God, I was young. I remember going to see The Wizard of Oz in Melbourne with... Bert Newton and Nikki Webster. It must oh, it must have been And me. And what? And me. No, you weren't. I was. You're I, kidding! I was, that was bizarre. Oh my god, no <clears throat> way. I played um the head winky <laughs> and um I understudied Doug Parkinson as the lion. How bizarre. Oh there you my go. god. <laughs> That's incredible, Peter. What year was that? No, you'll be able to tell me. Was it the Regent Theatre? It would have been In um Melbourne. Early 2000s? Yeah, 2000, yeah. 2001. 2001 or something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember I was... And Pamela Rabe was the witch. There you, there yeah. you go. I was... 2000, 2001, yeah. I was in prep or grade one. I remember that was my first kind of exposure to professional theatre and it was just like, what the hell is this? Colour and movement. Oh, my God. Mm. I'd, I mean, The Wizard of Oz, the film was fantastic up until that point, but all of a sudden, these people are up there doing this. Dorothy was in front of me. Yeah, sake. it would have like, been would have been two thousand one because of course Nikki um, achieved great heights literally yeah. at the opening ceremony of the Olympics <laughs> in two thousand. So of course every little girl wanted to be Nikki Webster. Yeah, and so John Frost having the nouse thought, of well, let's mount the Wizard of Oz this, for, uh, for, for, for Nikki. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I'm still getting over the fact that you were in that production. Oh yes. isn't that incredible? Oh, that... there's a lot of things you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's um. 
yeah, I remember being probably the first, and then I went back to Ballarat and then local theatre immersed. I was immersed in that sort of thing. And I remember at age, I think it was my 13th, 12th or 13th birthday, my mum, for my birthday, got me a ticket to go see Phantom. Um, we, so we caught the, it was a big deal. This is in Melbourne? This is in Melbourne, yeah. Right. So we were in Ballarat and we caught the bus down. We got on the bus, it was like a whole night, you know what I mean? You get on the tour bus with all these people. And I remember as we crossed the West Gate, the bus driver turned on the cast recording and just went, bum, 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 bum. And I was like, oh my God, I just freaked out. Because I was like, this is, and I'd been watching the movie and listening to the cast recording up until then. And I remember seeing that, and it was at that age, it was at the Princess Theatre, which I then like full circle got to perform Mormon in. It was at that age when I realised something clicked. I remember seeing, and I remember, and I remember Anthony Warlow came out, and I was like, oh my god, that's Anthony Warlow, Anthony Warlow. And mum's go, mum goes, because oh, he was in the mask. Mum's like, I don't know if it's him. They didn't do an announcement at the beginning. It might be the understudy. And I was like, mum, I know the voice of Anthony Warlow. That's Anthony Warlow, and it was. And I remember clicking. I realised at that age, oh, these people don't go to work and go to school and then come and do this show at night. They get paid to do this for a living. And when I figured that out, like That's rocket what I mind do. exploded. The fact, the thought, and I, I remember it was silly, but like I got angry because like I, it made me angry leaving the theatre knowing that those people get to come back and do it every single night and I don't get to be a part of it. And I thought from now until I can, I have to do everything I can to be a part of that. And ever since then, it was like, oh, I can do this for a living. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Nothing else. Full steam ahead. So how was the family? Do you, do you come from an artistic family? Do they play instruments or perform? Or? Um, you know, growing up, my mother has a beautiful face but a horrible voice. Don't ever tell her I said that. <laughs> well, I think she'll she, work, <laughs> she'll work <laughs> she'll it She'll be listening out, yeah. now. Um, she, she, like, she, was a, uh, she never really did any sort of like performing arts more so than just people growing up dancing. Um, my, like you know, my Auntie, Margo, my Auntie Margo, yeah. um, who was your scene partner from all those years ago, she was, did television in Ballarat and my grandfather was a drummer. And um, so anytime, and I played the drums as a kid, so anytime I was around at his place, he'd be playing the drums and then I just want to do the same thing or I'd want to dance. And then Margo's daughter, Steph, she uh, danced at BBC Ballarat Ballet Centre and I remember going to see a concert there and like seeing The Wizard of Oz, I was like, oh my God, someone I know is up there doing that? Oh, I can do that. Oh, I have to do that. I have to do that. So I've been immersed in it a little bit, but as far as like someone being like, as in my mother or father being incredibly creative, not really. My dad was a professional baseball player for a good time yeah. um, and for me, sports was just like the... I couldn't think of anything worse. I wish people could see your face. Okay. <laughs> Lots of expression. Yeah. My brother, he was right into sports and baseball and football. And um, I was always off to ballet on Saturdays, Sundays, and then doing musicals throughout the week. What, what was that like at school? Did the, did the other kids know that you were doing ballet? And did you get a hard time for that? Um, you know, I was very lucky that I didn't because that was my thing. I wasn't ashamed of it. It was the one thing that I loved. I was obsessed with musicals. I was, I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. And that's. I, I guess of, I've also got to think, you know, it'd be different when I was, you know, seven years old. Yeah, it's a, As compared to, you know, you're only a decade ago or something. And we've, we've grown up a lot as a, as a society. Very a much so, yeah. I mean, and thankfully. And yeah. I, I'm bit, that being said, a lot of my friends who are my age went through hell, you know what I mean? Just because they said that they like to sing and dance, which is like, 
yet, like you look at, you know, X Factor or something like that now, and now it's the cool thing, you know what I mean? People want to be on The Voice or that sort of thing, and they're praised for that. Um, I was just lucky that throughout primary school and throughout, especially throughout high school, almost like praised for it. It was, oh, that's what Todd does. He's really good at that. That's his thing. Oh, yeah, we'll all go see Todd in the local musical. Like, it's... And I, and I think being in... You were lucky and you went to a school also that really fostered the arts, music and dance and acting. And oh, my goodness. Going so, to Ballarat yeah. and Clarendon College yeah. where you're a former faculty member. <laughs> Only, we, have, we have so much in common. I know, you and I, yeah. We're the same person just a couple of years apart. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was one of the best things that happened to me yeah. because all of a sudden people were going, like teachers there were going oh, we see what you have in your enthusiasm. Let's hone that in and let's, like, push it even further. And they just give you the resources to... You can... I mean, for my... Like, pretty much my whole time there, especially throughout the last three years um, through VCE, I was... I just wanted to be a part of anything. I was playing drums in all the bands. I was singing in the choir. I was trying to be the lead in every musical. I was trying to do the plays... I wanted to do all the dance classes. Um, anytime we competed for Royal South Street, I wanted to be a part of that. God, I did the one year I, in year nine, whenever I went to King Islands and I didn't, you couldn't be in the musical. So I said, well, I have to do something. So I assistant stage managed the senior school musical and I think I did sound or lighting for the play because I just had to do because anything to be a part of something creative that was going on. Because all of a sudden I had a, I was in this environment where there was all this kind of crazy stuff happening. I had to be a part of it. Yeah. That's oh, that's best. great. That's great. And, you know, when I was there, you know, we talk about some, some of the kids who have gone through the place, you know, and Chelsea Gibb was a student yeah. there who's gone on to do great <clears throat> things in music theatre. Simon Maiden, yeah. who is about to do Come From Away. Come From Away, yeah. yeah. Um, Amy Maiden, who's a general manager of the Sydney Festival. Uh, Megan Keith, who's a great sort of a vocal therapist. Yeah. So all these kids, young adults now, um, old adults, who have gone into the industry. It's fantastic. Oh, from Clarendon. And, like, yeah. people who I, all look, who I looked up to, like Ashley Pike, who was my dance teacher, um, Nick Eaton. Yep. Uh, Tobias Madden, who yes. ironically now is yeah. one of my best friends and I live with. But those Andrew the, Bongiorno. All these people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who you look... I looked at going, oh, my God, they went here and look what they're doing now. So there was just like, well, I'm on the right path. i just got to keep doing what I'm doing, yeah. you know? So, the, so so there's uh, school at Ballarat and Clarendon, but yeah. also Ballarat has this this thriving <clears throat> community theatre scene. I'm sure you got hooked up in that. Oh, my goodness, yes, very much so. I remember... You had to be 10 to audition for Block Juniors. Yeah, because they do a junior show. They do a junior show. And I feel like I grew up more in the walls of the Block Light Opera Company hall than I did in my own home. Like, I did... uh, You had to be 10. I remember Bugsy Malone was my first show there and probably still to date one of my favourite things I've ever done because it was the first time that I got immersed in this oh, you get to be with other people your age. Oh, my God, there were all these boys. I was the only boy at my dance school. All of a sudden, all these boys were doing what I was doing, and it was cool. Were you, you know? Bugsy? No, oh, my oh. goodness. I was... Fat Sam. I was tap dancer number 75, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was whatever I could be. Just yes, because that's I, another thing. They big, big cast. Oh, my goodness, yeah, yeah just because yeah. I wanted to be a part of it. And then after that, I was, I was like, I found my calling. I have to do this. I did those shows every year until you could do senior shows. And then I did them all throughout high school. And that that literally became my life. That was my number one priority, was doing um, musical theatre in Ballarat. Because they just honed all this like lovely talent. And they had the most gracious and kind people who wanted nothing but the best 
for people like me who were like really, really just wanted to be there. It was fantastic. So what sort of shows did you do? Oh my goodness. Uh, as a kid, I remember doing Bugsy Malone, uh, Cinderella, The Music Man, all those fun ones. And then when I was maybe 12 or 13, and I was always in the chorus, and then I was like, oh, no, okay, am I capable of getting something other than the chorus? And I got Joseph in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And that was like the bee's knees, baby. You know what I mean? Like I get to be a lead in a show. And ever since then, you just become hungry for more. So I did that. Oh, my God. We did Susical the Musical. And then I hadn't done anything for Lyric Theatre and they were doing Hairspray. And I was like, oh, my God. All of a sudden, a local theatre company was doing a new show, not a show from... 20 years ago, you know? So I was like, and Hairspray had just been in Melbourne, so it was the hot thing, all the amateur theatres were doing it. So I was like, well, I have to be Link in Hairspray, because, like, who doesn't want to be Zac Efron? So I did that, and that was still one of the best things. And then I left school. All of a sudden, like, I was having this my, the time of my life in amateur theatre, and I was like, well, I guess I'm now... Seven, I graduated year 12 when I was 17. I was like, I've got to get out of here and do something with my life. So did you audition for the training school? Did you, did you think of NIDA or Whopper? Or? You know, it was, it was such a crazy thing because, like, my goal was to go to one of those places um, because you look at all the people that did before me and that's, that's kind of like the traditional route. And I found out, especially now, these days, to get to where we all get to, everyone has a different path of getting there. Yep. Um, my plan was to go to Whopper or to go to Bapa. I thought this would be fantastic. And I remember I was halfway through year 12... And through a friend of mine, uh, he asked me to audition for this cruise ship group called the Aussie Boys. Um, so I was like, well, they why? strippers, were they? So, no, they weren't. <laughs> no, the next best thing. No, that, the Aussie Boys are this great, they're a great guest entertainer group. Um, it's run by a guy called Andrew Renee Jenkins, who um, helped me so much, like sort of like getting out there and performing professionally. And I auditioned and he was going off to do Legally Blonde. So he had a, rep- like, he needed someone to replace him. Great. And I was like... And I couldn't believe it, but I got the gig. And they're like, so you got the job, but you got to wait till you're 18 because you legally can't perform on a cruise ship. So I was 18 in January and I started, I reckon, in February of the year after I graduated high school. And my mentality was, look, the, all those schools are always going to be there. And I figure why this job potentially may not. So why not take a job that I've got now, see a bit of the world, perform for a year and grow up. And I know most of those schools like people that have, had either a gap year or matured or that sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. I thought... A bit of life experience. Exactly. Somebody once told me that you should never go to drama school until you've had your heart broken huh. and you've paid your first bill. Yeah, right. Yeah, just so you've got, you know, you, you need a palette to draw upon. Yeah, it changes, yeah. It changes the way you live. So I thought, look, I'll do this and then I'll be mature and I'll be ready by then. You know, what a great way to do it. And I did that and then I just, I eventually got an agent and then I just auditioned for things, keep thinking, yeah, I'll get to drama school, of course. And then I got, like, my first musical, and then it kind of just went from there. And I still haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> uh, so tell me about working on a ship. Is, is that... What are you, a, is you just performing at night? So it's a crazy life. What do you um, do during the day? I had the good end of it. So most people on a ship will, like, work for one cruise ship company and be a singer or a dancer in their production shows. I... I was in a group, like I said, called the Aussie Boys, who were deemed guest entertainers. And the show was sort of like, think of like uh, like a human nature, an Australian okay. Jersey yep. Boys kind of thing. Lots Great. of Peter Allen and modern Australian Excellent. songs. Um, we literally, God, it was a good gig. 
you'd go on a ship for two to three weeks. You'd perform, say, every second or third night, two 45-minute shows, and the rest of the time, you were a guest on board the ship. You had a guest cabin. You got to... Go to the buffet. Go to the buffet, go crazy, <laughs> go to the pool. It was it was fantastic. Um, And I did that, and but I got to see the world doing it. We went all around Asia, all around the South Pacific, um, all around Australia, uh, New Mia, all these crazy places. I ended up only doing it for a few months because he came back and then I went on to a musical. But later, I think a year or two later, I went back and did it for a year and a half permanently because it was just an amazing way to see the world. And like, you're making great money. And really, you weren't working that hard. It was fantastic. Shh, don't tell me. <laughs> don't, don't tell me. Everyone wants that gig. Um, I so, had... so what was your favourite city that you, t- that you toured to? Oh, my goodness. I mean, seeing all of Asia was pretty crazy, like the ups and downs, but like... Japan's an amazing place. Like just going to all these beautiful cities. I'm um, like, t- I thought Tokyo was so lovely. Um, but out of all these places that these ships ported into, Sydney, Australia, <clears throat> is still the most visually spectacular port you'll ever pull into. I'll never forget the first time w- waking up, looking at my porthole, and you have the Opera House on one side, the Harbour Bridge on the other. Nothing around the world is that beautiful. No. It's stunning. Yeah. So, so that's probably my favourite. Are you enjoying living in Sydney? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been uh, it's been weird because I've never really had to come to Sydney except for an audition here right. or there, um, and being like Melbourne is home. I mean Ballarat is home, but Melbourne is like has become home now. Um, it's been great. I felt like I've been like a bit of a tourist, although it's a little bit hard to be a tourist whilst doing eight shows a week. Yeah, do you, do you get much downtime? Um, um, Monday, we, Monday, I guess, is your day off. Yeah, Monday's the day off, and then we have understudy rehearsals normally once or twice a week depending on if you're called in that week and I understudy in the show so like maybe once a month I get called in to kind of just make sure I'm up to scratch with that kind of stuff great yeah um, but yeah otherwise and I've been living with guys um Dan who's in the show and Tobias his partner who have both lived in Sydney before so they've been showing me around good what's, yeah. your, what's your favorite thing to do in Sydney oh uh, I mean it's oh. Yeah, I never get there, but the beaches here are yeah, the best thing. Some great beaches. Yeah, I've yeah. really, I've really. Now that I've only got a few weeks left, should get there more. But it's so visually spectacular up here, mm. and just the harbour and all that yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, you don't get that anywhere else. So you're off the ship, and I think that then you jump straight onto another ship, on a stage, don't yes. you? Is that? Yeah, that's the that's pirates. The, that's the aha. Boom! That's the gig. Yeah. See, see what I did there? I see what you did there. Uh, the, yeah, that was my first professional musical. I uh, was At the, with the production company. The production company in Melbourne. Pirates yeah. of Penzance. I'd seen the production company shows living in Ballarat, going to Melbourne because I did three shows a year and I could see all these fantastic people perform. And I always thought, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to be a part of that? And I always, the mentality of the production company at the time was that they were always nurturing new and young talent. That being said, all these people that were in these shows were people that I looked up to. You know, all these people that I'd seen in all these other commercial musicals. Um, and I remember auditioning for maybe one or two of them, and then it was the Pirates of Penzance that I knew nothing about. Really? Absolutely. So you had no exposure to GNS in your youth. Isn't that horrible? I did. You know, I did Iolanthe in high school. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. Um, and I still don't know what the hell that's about. But uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, how appropriate. Um, um. But yeah, and I got it and I couldn't believe it. And that was like the first like life-changing moment. Oh my God, I got that professional musical and I was 18. And uh, like I was saying, that was always a goal. Get like, try and get it. I wanted to, I had this super goal in my head to get that professional musical by 18. And I did it. And um, oh my God, that was amazing. The only 
bad thing about the production company is that you blink and they're over. Yeah. But they teach you how to, you know, work with a professional company and get a show up essentially in two weeks, which is still something that like, it's a, it's an incredible experience. And I since then went back and did Guys and Dolls for them as well. And that was even more fun. Yeah, they're so good, the production company. So, uh, it's a production company, various gigs. Did you, did you do anything else before Mormon? I did. I went back to the ship for about a year and then uh, trying to say, for, I did, <laughs> this is my favourite credit, Scooby-Doo Live, which funnily enough took me to places like Abu Dhabi, uh, Dubai, we went to Bahrain and then I did that again back in Australia um, and made the best friends and had the best time ever doing a touring kids show. Everyone should do at least one. Yeah, I absolutely. reckon. K- yeah. K- kids are a really, they'll tell you what they think. Oh, will they ever? They're, they'll uh, spot bullshit a mile away. Yeah. yeah, and I got to see the world because of it, you know? Like, what else takes you, job takes you to those kind of places, the Middle East, where you've just been? So how, how are you keeping your, your skills up during all these shows? Are you attending dance classes and singing classes? And... Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny thing because you're performing every night, um, but what you're performing is the exact same thing. So, like, you know, by singing every night, I'm keeping the pipes fresh, but literally just to be doing... They know how to do the Book of Mormon at the moment and not much else. So, of course, you've got to keep yourself... Uh, that's, I think that's, like, the main thing in this industry. You can just never stop learning. So you're always... I'm always going to uh, vocal classes, like, anytime I can get to a dance class. you just got to keep it up because you never know what the next gig's going to be. And, like, for me, the next gig is the... Polar opposite to the Book of Mormon. Well, let's talk about that. That's a good segue. Yeah. Um, you've had a meteoric rise to fame. Um, <laughs> let's call it that. Well, it's fame or, or, or success, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in obtaining the lead role of Tony in West Side Story. And it's only been about six years since you've done Year 12. Yeah. No training, formally, mm. but certainly on the job training with those yeah. various shows that you've been doing, etc. Does it seem quite surreal? I, the, when you just even said it to me then, I had to take a breath because it's still, it still hasn't hit me. Well, 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 Mormon's been your life at the moment, I think. So until you stop that and yeah. can focus fully on West Side and, Story. And I, Peter, I really thought that Mormon would be my life for the next however long I could do it, essentially how long I can play 19 for, you know. But touch wood, we've got some oldies in our show and they're still looking pretty good. So um, it was... It was a really bizarre thing. I I was do, doing Mormon and then I got the brief uh, to audition for it and I thought, oh my God, West Side Story, that's, that's, a, like, that's one of those shows. That's one of those, I feel like everyone has their kind of top three or sort of a thing and I'm like, that's one of those iconic, iconic shows. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? And I was like, would there be anything in that for me? Like, can I get my dancing after scratch to be in the ensemble and like maybe cover a lead or something like that? I guess you weren't even thinking of Tony. You were looking well, at sort of being one of the boys. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. I just because I'm in the ensemble of this show, I assume oh, you know, lead roles go to those kind of people that have done lead roles before and have a profile, of course, yeah. and that yeah, exactly, that can sell a ticket. So I remember I got the brief and I was like, well, let's go in. And I got an audition time. I knew I could maybe sing Tony, so I was like, hey, maybe let me just do the stuff to see if I could cover it. And I got an audition time to dance, to read for Riff, and to read for Tony, and then I ended up getting a scheduled in for understudy rehearsals on the day of the audition, and I was like, ah, oh, bummer. I was like, well, not meant to be, not meant to be. So I called, them and I called my agent and I said, look, I can't do it because I've got to go into work. And they said, okay, that's fine. And then they called back and said, look, 
forget about the riff stuff. Can you come in another day and just do the Tony stuff? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Like, I'd sung Maria, you know, in lessons or at concerts before. So I was like, well, that makes it a little bit easier. So I did. And that began the crazy audition experience that was West Side Story. And from that first audition, I could see that they were kind of a little bit like, well, this could work. Let's do some work with you and see see what's going on. But the whole time I auditioned for that, I just thought, great learning experience. I'm getting to sing some beautiful stuff for some very experienced people. Not thinking one bit that I would A, get the show, B, be Tony in that show. That's pretty damn crazy. And how, <laughs> how old are you now? I just... Uh, turns 24 on the 3rd of January. Great, great. Because the whole yeah. uh, ensemble has been cast with yeah. very young young Real, like, children, which is, like, you know, it's a rarity. But Children? No, well, well yeah. I shouldn't say children, but... Um, <laughs> teenagers. Teenagers, and, yeah. Like, yeah. for the first time, I'm not the young... I was the youngest in Mormon when we began. Now you're um, old Deuteronomy. Now I'm old Deuteronomy, <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, in this production, our director, Joey McNeely, really wanted... In this day and age, like, I know the show's still set in 1950, but you kind of want to bring it, not change the time, but just make it a sort of, like, a timeless piece. And I think to bring it into this day and age and make it as relatable as possible, he wanted it as truthful as possible. So well, he, I think that's really interesting stuff to to cast that young. It because, is, Because, you know, that's how old the gangs would have been. Yeah. The teenagers totally. that were sort of immature and irresponsible and exactly. and if you go back to the original source material Romeo and Juliet of course Romeo and Juliet are only like something like 14 yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I I mean I'm super excited for that because I think it's going to be a West Side Story that maybe the world hasn't seen yet especially this country I mean they did this touring production I think it was almost about 10 years ago because a few of my friends from Mormon were in it who were helping with the auditions and sort of thing and telling me about it um, so I think it's going to be something quite special because of that it's a big tour, isn't it? You finish yeah, in we, Sydney, then do yeah, you go to get, Asia? Yeah, we're doing... Us, uh, we open in Melbourne at the Arts Centre and then we get to go to New Zealand and then my favourite part, which I'm most ex- excited about, is Germany. We're going all over Germany for, like, I think six to eight weeks and then we come back and do Sydney in the Opera House, which is a place that I've always wanted to perform my whole life and then it'll do an Australian tour after that um, to several cities, I believe. So is that going to be another couple of years? It'll be, or? I think, just under a year. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, who knows if I'll ever be on a juggernaut like Mormon again. Yeah. You know, who knows if I go back to the juggernaut that is the Book of Mormon. But, um, yeah, it will, uh, it'll run that amount of time, which will be really nice. Um, and especially doing something different, you know. I've been, I've been a Mormon for so long, I don't know how to do anything else. So to be a leading man is going to be, it's going to be work. But, um, but what exciting work. So when do you open? What, what, when uh, do you, well, better still, so when do you start rehearsal? We start rehearsals in March of, yeah. I guess it's this year now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 2019. Yeah, so we close Book of Mormon in just over three weeks. I'll have a three-week break and then get stuck into Westside. So, and how will you get stuck into Westside? I mean, what, what will you do personally to prepare yourself for the role of Tony? Um, look, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I've, I've started, uh, even just now, just a little bit... Just uh, reading through the script, getting into my body, and just, for me, singing it. Because it's, it ain't an easy sing, you know? This is, like, tough stuff. Especially for someone who's been doing, like, a pop tenor show for the past year, two years, to all of a sudden 
be a rich, legit... It's almost operatic, isn't almost, it? Almost, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the, I feel like it's one of the closest things you can get in music theatre to opera. Um, so it's, it's about just resetting my voice and getting it to a place where that can become the norm and then that be- can become easy because you have to do this eight times a week. You're not doing mm. it in concert, you know what I mean? And that was like a struggle with Mormon too. You learn and your body adapts how to do this every night. So I'm just sort of learning the material now and then once we begin rehearsals, it gets full on. And that's when we have the uh, US creative team come over here and uh, put us through our paces. There's lots of recordings available of West Side Stories. Yeah. Have you managed to listen to any of those? I'm making my way through them as we speak. So yeah. who, who's your favourite Tony so far? Ooh. Um, Do you have one? There's actually, there's, well, I mean, there's, there's so many people. I feel like the movie is just so iconic. Because when Westside opened, it wasn't a commercial success at first on Broadway. People no. kind of thought, this is this is different, this is new, because the music... Indeed, was... I think the Music Man beat it at it the It did, Tony was yeah, that yeah, year, yeah. 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 So, it's kind of like... I've Yeah, I've been trying to... I feel like the movie was what made it this resurgence, in, resurgence, resurgence sorry, into pop culture. So that was obviously my first source that I went to. And then just any um, recording that I can find... My favourite at the moment is actually they recently did a... Uh, the BBC Proms in concert did a performance at the Royal Albert Hall with, I think his name is Ross Likas, who's a Broadway guy singing Tony. And at the moment, that is doing it for me. At the, your I'm, favorite? I'm at the gym on the treadmill listening to Maria and something's coming. And I tell you what, he just sounds absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, but I think it's just about being exposed to as much of it as you can. And of course, Spielberg's doing a, a film. The film, yeah. yeah which... What do you think about that? Do we need another West Side Story film? Why the hell not? Like, I feel like in this day and age, the message and the story of it um, is more relevant than ever. Hmm. Um, that I, I mean, it's horrible, but I feel like, unfortunately, there will always be confliction with some sort of group, whether it be race or religion or whatever. And just to kind of prove that love will always win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something can push through that. Um, so I think... Make it as relevant as you can. Why not? I think I think it's great yeah. to have a new West Side Story film. And look, the, the old film is, is pretty fantastic, but it's highly stylized. I think so. It'll be totally. interesting to see what Spielberg does oh, my, with the new most film. Most definitely, yeah. I'll be interested to see what we do with our show. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, and then we've got the show, the other production on uh, Up oh, on the Harbour. Right. Yeah. Australia is getting a hell of a lot of West Side Story at the moment. <laughs> this is going to be the year of West Side. Yeah. But it's a timeless story, and you know, one that that yeah it does deserve to be told again and again. Most definitely, yeah. I'm just, I'm just so excited. I really, it's like I said, I still can't believe that it's happening. Just to get to be a leading, not just a leading man, because I feel like that's a goal on everyone's list. Um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of music theatre performers, but to be Tony in West Side Story, like that's something that, and like I can do it now, and for not much longer. Like if it came back in ten years, you'd be playing pop. What's well, that's yeah, Doc. Yeah, exactly. Doc. <laughs> um, if it came back in ten years, like. That's how you know it's right because it's come to me now at this at this age and I'm like, I want to enjoy it the best that I can now because I probably won't be able to be Tony in you know, so many years because right now I'm age appropriate and, and it's going to work. Um, and that's just like a bucket list. Well, fantastic because I always wanted to be Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's not going to happen now. Hey, who knows? No, who knows? Um, I think, no yeah, it'll be Horace Vandergaard. <laughs> um, so there you go. So Todd, where would you like to see yourself in 10 years' time? Have you thought about that? That's a, that's a very good question. Um, ten years time, I'll be thirty-four. Heaven forbid. Um, Ancient. I know. Yeah. Next up, death. Um, I, you know, 
I just really want to keep working because I've been climbing slowly climbing this ladder since leaving school and it's just been the most enjoyable time of my life and you it's funny you do you know I did a cruise ship I did a kids show I did production company I did Mormon now I've got a lead role I just want to keep climbing that ladder um you know TV and film is always something that a lot of people are always interested in I just have been completely immersed and love music theatre so much. I just want to keep working in music theatre. What about stages uh, further away, you know, New York or London? Oh, my God, is that not a dream for everyone? You know, New York, I feel like Broadway is a goal for any child that's ever sung a note in their life. London is a little more attainable, especially, like, being an Australian and just with the way that America's being run at the moment, you know, like, who really wants to be there? Even short-term, London is somewhere that I've sort of really always wanted to go. And just to live and work. I'd love to do musical theatre over there. If I get to New York one day, hey, why not? I mean, I've been there on holiday, and it's hands down the best place in the world. Um, but it's I, extraordinary, isn't it, when you, when you walk down those, those streets and oh, see theatre after theatre yeah. after theatre with all those marquees out the front. But also, you know, if you're a bit of a historian, you realise, oh, my God, that's a theatre where such and such oh my show God, there's and... When I went to see Newsies at the Needlelander, I was like, oh, my God, that's where Rent was in 1996. Oh, my God, I'm watching a show where Rent was. Oh, my God, that's the wall where everyone signs signatures. Oh, my God, I freaked out. You know, and like that with every theatre because I feel like crazy theatre kids, that's what they do. Yeah. And like where else in the world do you get that kind of history? It's the place where mm. the art form began. Mm. So I'd love, of course, I'd love to say I'd love to end up there. But you know what? I just like to essentially keep working. I don't have, like, a goal. But look, if, and it, look, if it's in your fate, then, you know, we, we look at uh, how, how wonderful for the... Um, is Ashley the, the boy in um, Aladdin? Who now, oh, Ainsley. Ainsley, sorry. Ainsley, yeah. Who has the opportunity to go and play Aladdin oh on Broadway. It's yes. fantastic. And I'm sure he'd never expected that that would uh, be a Who'd possibility. Who'd have thought? Yeah. yeah, and his partner Callum is simultaneously playing... Kinky Boots. Uh, yeah, Lola and Kinky Boots mm. on Broadway, both after having done it here. I mean, it's... When you're on a big commercial show like that, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So mm. you just kind of, you, you go with the flow. Who knows where I'll be? Well, there's lots of Australians that are making a, a, an impact on Broadway. So yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm a Miss Good Company. Let's, fingers crossed it's that great. one day I'll be one of them. So <laughs> when, do, when does um, Mormon finish up for you? Three weeks. It's going to be a really, it's going to be a crazy thing to think something that was never ending is going to end for me. For now. Um, yeah. I'm sure it'll be a very emotional few weeks. And um, Oh my goodness, yes. But great things ahead. Well, that's, that's the best way to leave it. I feel like going, I've had the most amazing time of my life here with the most amazing people, and now I'm just on to more exciting things where I'll meet more amazing people and get you know more exposure in, in this incredible art form. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Well, congratulations, Toddy. I think it's fantastic that you uh, had this opportunity, and, and you're going to be fabulous. And, oh, thanks so much, um, Peter. And then uh, I'm sure we'll see you go from show to show to show. So Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thanks for chatting to us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. All Stages episodes are available through iTunes, Wooshka and Spotify. Have you subscribed yet? Keep up to date with every new guest episode as it is released, but you must subscribe. And please take the time to rate and review the podcast in the iTunes directory. You'll be helping to grow our audience and reach more Stages listening, so they can enjoy these great conversations, just as you have today. I'm Peter Ayers, and I'll catch you next time on Stages. Stages.